It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. Today, the Cincinnati Bengals played their second preseason game, end up dropping it 13-17 to in Washington. We're going to start with the first-team offense. We're going to hit on the first-team defense, and then we're going to talk about some of the backups that stood out for the right or wrong reasons. But the biggest storyline today is the Bengals' first-round pick, and not for the reasons that we would have hoped. So we're going to start with the first-team offense, and I think a lot of the conversation focuses around Jamar Chase's performance. For one... Brandon Allen did not play well. And it wasn't helped by some drops for Jamar Chase. And there's no sugarcoating that Jamar Chase did not have a good night, whether it was alligator arming a ball because he's afraid of getting hit because there's a safety really close or trying to move before he catches a ball. If you want to be a little bit more generous to avoid a big hit on what could have been a hospital ball from Brandon Allen or struggling to get off the press from Benjamin St. Juice to most of you haven't heard of playing cornerback for the Washington football team or just a miscommunication perhaps on a ball thrown behind him that he drops. The fact that I'm talking about three plays that could be construed as drops probably were drops are going to be seen by this coaching staff as drops or certainly seen by Jamar as drops. Not really what you're looking for from the fifth overall pick. No, not at all. And it's, it's unfortunate, but I did see it coming and I saw it coming for, A few reasons. One, I think we were the first ones to talk about Jamar Chase and having some drop issues during OTAs. And what do we say? It's early. It's early. It's early. And I think some people got annoyed with us that we brought it up, but it was one of my observations while I was at practice. And that's continued through camp. And I remember turning to Paul Daner Jr. I've said it to Richard Skinner. I probably said it to every beat writer. Like, man, if he does this in a game, it's just going to take one drop. And once that one drop happens, it's going to become a thing. Jamar drops are going to become a thing. Now it's a thing. For better, for worse, across the land and from sea to, sea to shining sea, people are going to talk about Jamar Chase drops. And is that fair? Yeah, because he did drop the ball. Is it a huge concern inside Paul Brown Stadium? I don't think so. And so that's the difference. Is it going to impact his fantasy value? Maybe. Are people going to say, yeah, that's why Devontae Smith is better, or that's why Jalen Waddle, or, you know, all this stuff, right? It, that can all happen. And I had to mute my tweets about Jamar's drops because, and I have thick skin. I was just so annoyed at seeing all the comments, but he did drop the ball. Uh, the good news is a couple things. One, we know he works his ass off, and you could see the frustration on his face. And the other thing, and you mentioned it, Brandon Allen. I've been at every training camp practice, Jake, every single one. I've been there for every second. And hell yeah, I'm watching the offense, specifically number one, the fifth overall pick. I don't know if he's caught a ball from Brandon Allen. Uh, I don't remember any 11-on-11 stuff with Brandon Allen. So this idea that they're going to be in sync, look, the ball's coming in hot. 
And you're right. The press coverage stuff, you're worried about that. You're trying to get off press. And now suddenly the ball's on you. It, it just takes a, a, a millimeter, a split second of time uh, to go from catch and a nice play to drop. And we saw some drops and it was ugly, but I think he's going to learn from it. We'll talk a little bit more about some of what I'm actually more concerned about from this performance than the drops themselves with Chase. But we just had a fantasy trade, James. So you talked about the fantasy overreactions. Devontae Smith, by the way, last night also did not play very well, just to put it out there. But I traded you Jamar Chase as part of a package. I had a two-team deal going on. Are you still happy to have Jamar Chase in a dynasty league? Yes. Okay. You know why? That's easy. Because... Well, and here's the thing, Jake, and this is the other part of it, I guess, from the fantasy angle or the confidence angle or whatever you want to say. They went to him three times. Mm -hmm. It was three. It wasn't one. It wasn't three times. It wasn't like it was a downfield ball and they took him out. And it was this he's going to get his opportunities. And no one I'll go back to last year. T Higgins. No one was expecting T Higgins to do much as a rookie really at all last year at this time. And he ended up coming really close to 1,000 yards, 900-plus yards on a bad team with no Joe Burrow for six games. So I think I think Jamar Chase is going to be just fine. Yeah, rookies generally have a learning curve anyway. I will say this. I would like to see him better against the press. This was a concern for some people coming from LSU. He likes to fight through it physically. You can't do that as much in the NFL. And on that last play, that could have been a first down conversion instead, you know, again, kind of alligator short arms. It doesn't get his hands extended for the ball. The timing is really thrown off because he took too long to get off the press. He's fighting to get off the press on a timing route on a slant. And he, he, he had a hard time with it. And so you would like to see that improve. You would like to see him defeat the press more quickly. We haven't seen a whole lot of it yet. Something again to keep an eye on. I expect he'll play next week. And the other thing to mention here is this isn't a John Ross situation for a couple of reasons. One, Zach Taylor wanted to draft Jamar Chase. Marvin Lewis isn't the coach. There's no doghouse waiting for John Ross or for for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to continue to have opportunities. The other thing is Brandon Allen really wasn't playing well. He was throwing everything, it seemed like, as hard as he could. There's no touch. His timing did seem off for a better part of the night. And this continued after the starters left. I thought the passes weren't terribly accurate. I think that he helped Jamar drop some of these passes. That Again, this doesn't excuse Jamar Chase. He should catch the football. That's what they're paying him to do. And I'm sure he would say the same. The throws weren't great. And so that does play a part in this. Brandon Allen pulled an Uncle Rico and was trying to throw the ball over the damn mountains. Uh, man, I mean, that's what this dude was doing. I mean, you're not lying. I mean, there was a, a T. Higgins, what was it, a comeback, I think? Comeback on the sideline? Or no, it was a – yeah, I think it was. It was right at the pylon, I believe – or not at the pylon, right at the first down marker. And this dude airmails it, and T. Higgins is 6'4". Yeah. And and he's got a pretty big catch radius, and, and T. just, like, looked up like, oh, ain't no way in hell I'm getting that. And then T. made a really nice catch over the middle where he's running this way, and the ball's way back over here. I mean, it, so it was a great catch, but it was an awful throw. And so – the difference is, is Jamar still thinking, right, and, and reacting and, and yeah. going through these progressions as a rookie. Plus, now the ball isn't where he's expecting it, and it's a quarterback that he hasn't worked with. And uh, our good buddy Joe Goodberry pointed it out. I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there haven't been any practice reps with Brandon Allen and Jamar Chase. 
Well, Jamar only knows Joe Burrow, really, when you think about it over the past three years. Yeah. It's the only quarterback he's worked with in live games. So I, I think that's a little bit of it, too. Look, is it an issue? It's an issue. Can it be fixed? I think it can be fixed. And the other thing I'll mention here is Troy Walters. I really like him. I like his intensity. I, I like what he brings the Bengals wide receivers coach. He's a former NFL wide receiver uh, of that NFL experience. Players usually respect that among their coaches. And the other day at camp, Jamar kind of hesitated instead of actually stepping as part of the route that he was doing as like a fake out and then up. And uh, it it was in the the goal line area and Troy ripped him. He was like, no, do it again. Like, and I'm going to just leave it at like that. But he made Jamar do it again in front of all of us. So I think he's going to hold him accountable. And I, I don't think anyone's feeling worse right now than Jamar. So we'll see if it just motivates him. It uses it. Look, if he gets the drops out of his, out of the way now and he uses this as fuel, then he's going to be just fine when the regular season starts. I think they're correctable issues. I don't see there to be a reason for long-term panic. Somebody asked me, when is it appropriate to panic? I said, Hey, you can panic whenever you want. You do you. I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm probably waiting about a month. If, if this continues to be an issue and he can't deal with press and it's messing up the timing and he's not fighting for balls that are in precarious situations, he might get hit, then, okay, we have potentially a problem on our hands, but let's give him some time. The guy was incredible at LSU and he deserves a chance more than a couple preseason games to live up to that pedigree. You might notice, by the way, that we're not talking a lot about the offensive line here. I didn't get a chance to watch it a ton. There was a lot of quick game. I noticed a few times they held up okay on some longer developing plays. But again, there was a lot of quick game hiding them. I noticed Quentin Spain a couple times. There's a holding penalty in the screen game. I thought the holding penalty could have gone either way. Whenever you see a defender get tugged like that from the back, if you're a referee, you're going to call it. So... Uh, you know, unfortunate call for Spain. Something to watch with Quentin Spain is his scheme fit in terms of his ability to move out in space in the wide zone and in the screen game. Had a couple plays tonight when I thought he he kind of looked a little bit slow in that area, but I do think he's fine as a pass protector. And we'll talk more about the offensive line after we've had a chance to rewatch the game. And we'll talk about it a little bit with the backups as well later in the show. But next, let's talk defense as this pass rush got off to another really nice start. It's that time of year again. Football is here. I know I have fantasy football drafts coming up. And you know what else I have? My login for betonline.ag because I used them last year during football season. I've used them since, and I'm going to use them again this football season. BetOnline is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online. So head to the website right now, betonline.ag and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the opener between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks. And for New customers, when you're signing up, make sure you use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 100% welcome bonus. Again, use promo code Locked On to get a 100% welcome bonus. And for that super promo, just use NFL 100. And again, you're going to get a $25. Basically, it's free $25 to bet on that first opening night game on September 9th. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, let's talk defense. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard meeting at the quarterback. Pretty nice little rush for those two on that play with Larry Ogunjobi getting some push up the middle. We had a really nice run stop that DJ Reader and Larry Ogunjobi combined for. Some really nice things from this first team defensive line. Now, the first play of the game for this defense, Logan Wilson got a little bit lost. Maybe it wasn't the very first play. Logan Wilson got lost trying to cover Logan Thomas on a drag route. Play action going left, guard pulls. Logan probably keying the guard a little bit, goes with the guard doesn't see the tight end leaking across the field. I'm pretty sure that's on Logan Wilson. Now, we don't know what the play call was. Maybe something else was supposed to happen there. Looked like Logan Wilson had his eyes caught up on some offensive line candy there. But that aside, I thought the first-team defensive line generally played really well. There's a little bit of a scare here. Cam Sample left the game with a shoulder injury. He is going to be relied upon in a rotational fashion, I believe, with Joseph Osai currently out as well with that wrist injury. Zach Taylor said after the game, that injury relatively minor. And the last note on the first team defensive line for me, James, is Darius Hodge, and we said we were going to be watching for this, did get a rep on the second pass rush situation unit of the game. Sam Hubbard was not on the field. It was from left to right. It was Darius Hodge, I believe, Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Sample, and Trey Hendrickson at right end. Yeah, and that's the thing is not only was he in there, but he made an impact a couple of plays. You noticed him then. He had a quarterback hit later, and this is against the second team now after Fitzpatrick was out. Uh, he forced a – kind of forced a fumble. I don't know. His his pressure made Heineke scramble, and Heineke dropped the ball. And it was still you know a great play that he caused. So it, it's great to see him do it against two different teams, right? That first team and that second team. And I don't know, man, Darius Hodge. I, I, there, look, there are people that are going to say he's a lock. I wouldn't say necessarily he's a lock by any stretch, Jake. But I am I think it's encouraging to see him go out there and produce, even if it's just a little bit, produce against the, the first team Washington uh, th- that Washington put out there on Friday night. The only way I actually see Darius Hodge making the initial roster right now is if Joseph Osai needs to go to IR and they cut somebody elsewhere, say they cut Jacquez Patrick or all the tight ends. They cut all these guys and keep Hodge on the 53 because they're afraid he'll get poached and then put Osai on the IR and then get one of these guys that they've cut at one of these other positions, if it's running back, if it's tight end, if it's wide receiver and get him back on the team. I don't see a way that if they keep guys and they're healthy, that Hodge can make the team unless he passes Khaled Kareem, like maybe Khaled Kareem's just not healthy. Right. But again, that's a guy that I think they don't want to just lose. So I do think that his path to making the team is still very challenging, but after his preseason performance and with some of the injuries they've had, 
it does become very difficult to let a guy like that get away who's shown you something. Now, maybe they go out and find a veteran. I don't know who's still out there. I'd have to look at this point. Maybe they find a, a cut down day trade, but I don't think Amani Bledsoe is giving you more than Darius Hodge necessarily. That's probably pretty close. And I don't really think either of those guys is a shoe in to make the team. But as I'm looking at it today, I'm looking over here at my 53-man projection. I've got like five defensive ends, including Joseph Osai, who may or may not need an IR. Remember, it's three weeks to return now. And I'm looking at five interior defensive linemen. And I feel like adding another guy there is going to make it really hard in other parts of the roster. So I really don't see who would get cut for, for Hodge, but he's been impressive in two preseason games now. Let me push back because I could feel our listeners saying it, it to themselves as they, they listen to us or watch sure. us. Why would Khalid Kareem be guaranteed a spot over Hodge? What has he done? What did he do last year as a rookie? And I, I'm just asking, what did he do so he should be on the 53 man, even though he's been injured for most of training camp? He played adequate average football. And if you think that Darius Hodge playing against backups means that he's more than adequate average, Sure. I mean, that, that you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to anybody who thinks that, really. Because mm-hmm. his pressure against the first team was unblocked. He did a good job of finishing that play, bending around the edge, getting into the throwing lane, impacting the pass. You credit him for all that. It was unblocked. So it, it's not as impressive as him getting a clean win and then getting in to, to get a hit on a quick throw, really. But, um, yeah, that, that's what I would say, really, is, is you don't necessarily credit two preseason games against an entire season of NFL football. Yeah, no, that's fair. You know what I would do? I, I know what Trey Hendrickson is. He's flashed. Sam Hubbard, too. Just start Darius Hodge next week against Miami. Let's go. Start him against the ones. Give it. Give him 15 snaps. Say, all right, 44, what do you got? Let's go. Miami's Look at offensive me. line. I, Not very good. But, yeah, I mean, let's do it, right? Let's get I'd him be a, a shot great football months. coach. Well, Wouldn't I be a great football coach? I think well, I'd be a great football coach. <laughs> Just put him in there. Let's see how it does. <laughs> what else can we talk about with this first team defense? Oh, really good play from Cheeto, uh, Cheeto Bayabuzier. Cheeto absolutely locked up Terry McLaurin on a deep ball. Should have had the interception, probably, but totally blanketed. Was the only guy that was going to catch the ball on that play. And Terry McLaurin, a very good player. Props to Cheeto for that play. Saw Mike Hilton, I think, have a tackle short of a first down at some point. Saw Trey Waynes make a tackle coming up after a short catch. Didn't see him tested deep. But the one time we saw one of these corners really tested, Cheeto passed with flying colors. Really nice play there for him. Really stood out. Yep, no doubt about it. And that's what I've been seeing all training camp. And that was one of the things that I was looking forward to tonight is see how test how these guys would respond to the test. McLaurin is... I think he's a great receiver. I don't even think he's good. I think he's a great receiver in this game, and he's up and coming, and he's one of these guys that uh, could end up being an all-pro one day. Like, I don't think that's that crazy. And uh, Awuzie stuck with him. And, by the way, um, did you mention Logan Wilson's forced fumble? Logan Wilson's forced fumble? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was the other one. Logan Wilson punching it out. Uh, Sims – Looked like his knee was down. He tries to stay up, and 55 says, nope, and he knocks it out. Hilton with the grab. And honestly, I think that this is the blueprint, Jake, for this defense. They're going to bend. They're going to have some plays where they give up, you you know, the play to Logan Thomas. They're going to get beat downfield sometimes. But try to limit that stuff. Force a turnover here and there. 
and Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, all these guys get after the quarterback once in a while. And if they do that, like to me, I, I'm not like convinced they're going to be this top 10 defense. I just want them to be the 16th best defense because if they're the 16th best defense and they're forcing a decent amount of turnovers, I think that's a win. I think that's pretty damn good uh, good improvement from what we've seen over the past couple of seasons. Hey, I think that's a realistic possibility. That's something we, we could see happen. I think, again, the first team defensive line has been very good. This is two straight games against, you know, solid offensive lines for the most part where the pass rush has shown up early. It's looked good. The early run defense, they, they had some issues on the outside. I think Sam Hubbard lost his footing on one play in particular that went for a decent gain in the running game for Washington. But generally, first team defensive line has looked good. The secondary has looked good. There's a little bit of a question with the linebackers, I think. But, you know, that's something that they're going to look at in, on tape. They're going to say, hey, do your job. Don't don't get a little overeager. Don't try to do too much, 55. And hopefully Logan Wilson doesn't repeat that mistake too many times because it sounds like he's had a pretty good camp. Mm-hmm. A couple guys that have had up and down camps on the offensive line, Jackson Carmen and Mike Jordan, well, they're playing with the second unit. We're going to talk about some of the standouts from the second half and beyond coming up next. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. We talk about them all the time here on Locked On Bengals because – We love them, and who wouldn't if you've had them? They're protein bars covered in 100% chocolate. They have nine amazing flavors, and the best part isn't their great taste. It's the macros. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you. Whatever your fitness goals are, maybe you just want something to eat, a, a healthy midday snack. Well, these are perfect, and again, they're not only healthy, but you're gonna get protein with it. It's not like one of these little things that isn't gonna fill you up. These Protein bars are, uh, they taste great. They taste like a candy bar and they'll fill you up midday, or maybe you're looking for a post workout snack and a protein punch. Built Bar can give you that as well. So check them out right now. Go to builtbar.com. And when you're there and you go to hopefully grab multiple different flavors, maybe it's that mint chocolate brownie that I go after all the time, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. There's tons of different vehicle makes and models out there. The chain store cannot stock all of them. So save time, save money. Go visit our friends at RockAuto.com. Don't spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or the car dealership. And if you do it yourself, you're going to save a ton of money on labor and on parts at rockauto.com where the prices are reliably low for everyone, including you, the do-it-yourselfer. They have everything you need from brake parts to motor oil to tail lights, even new carpet, and their website is incredibly easy to use. Go to rockauto.com right now, check out all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. James, let's talk backups. Jackson Carmen, Mike Jordan playing with the second team offensive line. Fred Johnson back out there, had a little bit of an up and down day, was mostly fine in pass protection. Noticed a couple issues in run blocking with Jordan. Isaiah Prince back out there at left guard. And this week, instead of Keaton Sutherland, we saw Trey Hill at second team center. 
And I'll just get this out of the way with Trey Hill. I thought he had a, a great start to his night. And then things kind of went downhill. Not to make a terrible pun. But uh, God. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I deserve that. Um, he, he actually started out the game, I thought, really well. Held up nicely in pass protection. Had some really good blocks. Uh, QB sneak, for example, paving the way for Brandon Allen's touchdown there. Combined with Jackson Carmen for some nice plays. And then he goes back out there for another drive. Gets forklifted. Like, just gets absolutely trucked. Grabs the guy on the way down. Holds. Has a, has a couple penalties later in the game. Moves to right guard to finish with the third stringers. Not a whole lot better there. Had some issues there as well. So up and down day for Trey Hill. But I, again, I need to rewatch the game still. But I was impressed on first watch of Jackson Carmen. I wasn't, you know, telescoped in on him. I wasn't only watching him. But played nasty tonight, I thought. Put guys on the ground numerous plays. A couple times in the run game. Once in pass protection, he was looking for work. Came over, found Trey Hill engaged. Decleated the guy Trey Hill was working on. Clean play, didn't go low or anything, just knocked him on his butt. So at least three plays I saw in very quick succession that Jackson Carmen put guys on their butts. I'm sure he, you know, may have missed a, a block at some point in the run game, but I, I, again, I wasn't watching him super closely on my first watch tonight. I thought he generally played pretty well tonight. I was, I was encouraged. He, he was bodying people as you would hope at that point in the game against non-starters, guys who may or may not be making the Washington football team. Yeah, he's in in the second and third quarters. and But he got, got a lot of snaps, and we'll see the official snap counts on Saturday. But he was in there for half the game, I would say, you know, all of the second quarter and I think all of the third quarter. And th- look, those are good, valuable snaps. But the thing you mentioned, and I tweeted this in response to you, the nastiness, if he wants to start – and it might not be week one. I think that's still a little far-fetched considering where it feels like he is right now in the pecking order. Maybe it could happen too. Who the hell knows? But if well, he wants to start. Zach Taylor did say we don't, and this is, I think a direct quote, we don't have starting guards right now. It's a competition. So, I mean, maybe that's still wide open. I don't know. Well, okay. Well, is he going to be able to do that in practice this week? I, let me see him get a first-team rep first, which yeah. we haven't seen in weeks Absolutely. now. Uh, so that would be the next step, which, yeah, it may happen on Sunday when they, they resume practice. But he's got to be nasty, like you said. Like, he's he's more athletic than Quentin Spain. Like, we know that. He moves better than Quentin Spain. He moves better than Xavier Suofilo. He's more athletic than those guys. But you, you're going to have to bring some nastiness. And if he does that – and continues to work after practice and gets in the shape that he needs to do, well, by the time that the the season starts on September 12th, those missed assignments, it's going to be a little bit easier because he's been doing it for a month and a half now. Six weeks of actual football, actual practice, day in, day out, three games, real games, right? A bunch of 11-on-11 sessions. So you hope that that's few and far between. Uh, and, And so we'll see. Are far and few between? I always do that either way. Well, which one? Which one is it? it? doesn't matter. The point is, is Jackson Carmen flashed a little bit. And this is kind of the first time he's, he's really flashed. And I agree with you. There was a run where I think it was Chris Evans got stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. But Carmen hit his man and then got to the second level and leveled that guy. And it was the highlight 
but Evans was way back there. But I was like, oh, look at 79. That's what we need to see more of. And if he does that, it's not like we're talking about the world's greatest guards here. We're not in these guys. And so he doesn't need to be the world's greatest. He just needs to be competent, handle his assignments, and and be nasty because he he does have the athleticism and the talent to do it. Just needs to be okay and okay. And then you get consistent at being okay. Suddenly you're good. That's uh, kind of the way offensive line goes sometimes. I'm not saying it's that simple for all the offensive line aficionados out there. I understand the complexities that I don't understand of offensive line play. I don't claim to be an expert, but I did think Jackson Carmen looked pretty good tonight for the most part. Uh, speaking of Chris Evans, by the way, you mentioned a Chris Evans run there. I thought he looked a little better tonight in terms of being more decisive, getting downhill a little bit more aggressively, not trying to do too much. He didn't eat as many negative runs. He kind of made the best out of the situation a little bit more frequently. And I I thought that was a noticeable change in approach for him. But Jacquez Patrick, two weeks in a row, and he's playing later in the game. He's going against deeper guys on the opposing team's depth charts. But he played really well again. I think he averaged seven yards per carry. And, you know, I wonder if he'll get in a little bit earlier next week, get a shot against better competition. We've been talking. I feel like we've said that a lot about a lot of guys wanting to see them against better competition to see if they actually belong. But I do wonder how much of a push he's making for them to roster four running backs. And I I also wonder about Travion Williams, right? Again, he has history with this coaching staff. He's been around and didn't play great in the regular season last year. I thought Khaled Kareem was probably better in the action he had than Travion Williams in the, in the limited action he have, which is highlighted by or low lighted by fumbles. But I do wonder if Patrick is making them think because otherwise, I mean, are you keeping 11 offensive linemen? Are you keeping, you know, 12 defensive linemen? Like where you add or 11 defensive linemen, where are you, maybe that's Darius Hodge, right? Like where are you keeping the extra body? If, if you're not keeping the fourth running back and I think you can find a place for it. Wide receiver is one where t- tonight nobody stood out. Nobody stood out. Trent Nurwin, Trent Taylor either did nothing or had a fumble. I-, I know Trent Taylor got behind a corner and Brandon Allen probably should have put some more loft on that ball. Could have been a touchdown. Could have been a big play. Didn't happen. Trent Nurwin had a fumble. He was bailed out by a helmet to helmet call. And Stanley Morgan continues to stand out to me for being an excellent special teamer and blocker. So maybe that's enough for Jacquez Patrick where this conversation started before I got derailed into wide receivers to make the team. Maybe you're right. Maybe here's, here's what I would say. Let's ha- let me ask you about Joe and not you. And I'm not going to ask this. And we have all week to talk about it. If Joe Do- Burrow doesn't play against Miami, why would you play the other Joe? Is there any reason for Joe Mixon to play? No, any at all. No. There's zero. So now Travion Williams, guess what? He knows he's fighting for his life. I would bet a lot of money at betonline.ag that Travion Williams is good to go for August 29th, and he's going to be out there. Roll with the young guns. I don't even really need to see Samaj P. Ryan. Play Williams, play Evans, play Patrick, play them early, rotate them, treat it like a game with those guys, and see what you have. And we'll see if they do that. But I don't think Mixon, I mean, he barely played tonight anyway. It was kind of funny. Uh, you, you saw him smiling coming off the field because he knew that was it for him. And the rest of the first team offense was still out there uh, for another series or two. But he wasn't. It was some AJP Ryan time. And that's just that's how it's going to be with Joe. So to me, 
yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting battle. And it all goes hand in hand. And you mentioned that. So like Trent Irwin, yeah, he needs to beat out Trent Taylor. But he also needs to beat out Jacquez Patrick and the value there as a special teamer, right, between the two guys, as a having an extra receiver versus having the extra running back. What do they do for Darren Simmons? You know, all of that. And it's all intertwined into to getting that 53-man roster. And that's it's going to be a fun conversation we have over the next couple of well, – what we got? Uh, a week. It's a 31st, I believe. So we have a little bit of time here. Not a whole lot. About 11 days as we're recording this. And they do have to cut down to 80 pretty shortly after this game. Looked like you wanted to jump in there, James. Uh, I I got a couple notes here. Yeah, yeah, do your notes. And then I have one quick thing. I know we're late, but do your notes. And then I have one quick thing. We're good. I just want to shout out Auden Tate. Had a really great catch against a guy named Troy Apke, who is a defensive football player for the Washington football team. Don't know who he is, but Auden Tate... Had a really nice circus catch there. Give him props for completing that reception. I forgot to mention, and I tweeted about this during the game, Washington kept their their first team defense in for two drives against the Bengals' second team offense. And <laughs> I thought the offensive line, the backup offensive line was okay against the likes of Daron Payne and Chase Young and the monsters on that Washington defensive line. So just something, uh, yeah, I don't know if sweat was still out there or not at Mm -hmm. that point, but um, I I did think that the, the offensive line looked okay there. And last one, Jalen Davis continues to be the only guy Mm -hmm. behind Eli Apple, Darius Phillips, who is really showing anything. And like, you know, Winston Rose got beat on that two point conversion, looked kind of hapless on the play. Tony Brown, I don't know if he really got picked on, didn't notice him too much tonight, but also didn't really show me anything great. Jalen Davis, um, I think, continues to be the the standout looking for that sixth corner. So uh, those are all of my notes, James. And hopefully people stuck around because I forgot some of the better ones, like that second team, first team matchup of the offensive line, defensive line is going to be fun to see on rewatch. Yeah, I meant to say this. Um, so you, you meant you mentioned saving stuff till the the end, right? Hopefully people did stick around because I meant to mention this in the first segment. Uh, once upon a time, when I was fresh out of college, I became this, this radio producer, this part-time producer, and I did all these different shows, cooking shows, car shows, stuff I wasn't necessarily interested in, but I knew I had to do that if I was gonna ever work in sports. And uh, one morning, I got the, the call to do Ken Brew's Sunday morning sports talk on 700 WLW. And I completely... Like you, you want to talk about Jamar Chase's three drops. I did more than three drops. I dropped the whole radio station on top of Ken Brew's head, and he's about to kill me. I mean, it was the worst thing ever. Played audio when I wasn't supposed to play audio. Then there was a delay when he was kicking it to an interview. It was just brutal, like embarrassingly, embarrassingly bad, like awful. Well, it ended up working out okay, all right? I ended up moving on and doing more sports stuff and ended up being a pretty good producer and, and went on and things worked. Jamar's going to be fine. Like that, that's why with Jackson, right? Jackson Carmen, when he struggles, we're always like, it's early because he may end up being a damn all pro. We don't know. It's just really early. And so when we dissect every little thing, which is our job, it, it's you can get caught up in the moment. And I don't want to get caught up in the moment with Jamar. And I do think he's going to use that as motivation because I feel like he's cut from that cloth. So we'll see. But again, don't press the panic button yet. I, I can I'll let people know when it's time to press panic as I monitor practice. And and. 
you know, use your own brains as well. Don't, don't get all of your opinions from us. Get most of them from us because you'll sound smart at the water cooler. Right. But, uh, you know, you're, you're all, you're all allowed to think for yourselves too. Right. That's why I responded to that one tweet. Hey, you can, you can worry about this whenever you want, man. That's your right. Uh, Let's call it there, James. Let's wrap up today. We're going to rewatch the game. We'll get some more observations in the trenches. It looks like PFF already has a very detailed breakdown of their initial grades of the game. So if you're into that, go check that out over there. See who they think played well, who they think didn't. And uh, we'll be back Sunday, I think, with our next episode. Until then, Bengals fans, who day? Have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.